Hi, I'm Pastor Kenneth Olusanya of the Vivify Ministries, and it is my joy that your heart is awakened to the finished works of Christ with such powerful simplicity. Are you ready? All right, here we go. If you've been here and you've already started with us in this series on handling real life issues, I want to welcome you again to the second teaching where we're going to even expand on what we started last week. Right. So thank you very much. Last week, we spoke on something so important. Right. Something very crucial that everyone to a certain degree admitted that they had experienced in their lives. And it's the issue of anxiety. You remember that, right? We spoke about anxiety, pouring out anxiety. And I've heard uh, a number of testimonies from that teaching of people who poured out anxiety and lived the entire week free from it, especially those who had things coming up that would require them to be nervous, require them to be afraid, right? Many of them had beautiful things to say about how they handled anxiety and put their trust in God, and things went so smoothly. All right, I want to congratulate you for that, and I want to tell you to keep it up. As you learn these things, it's best that you apply them, you know, in understanding, you know, in wisdom. That's what God wants for you. That we don't just come here to learn things, but to put them into practice. All right. So right now, I want us to just open our Bibles to Second Timothy chapter three, from verse sixteen. We read this last week. We're reading it again today. Second Timothy chapter three. From verse 16, open your Bibles, get out your writing materials. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Are we there? Are we there? All right, so I'm going to read. It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And what we said is that the scripture, the word of God, is so powerful to change things about our life. The word of God is not just some book. Uh, it's a uh, self-help book where you just have a list of do's and don'ts. The Bible is living. It was breathed by God. The scriptures, the Holy Scripture... You know, in context, the scripture being referred to here was Old Testament scripture. But we see that the New Testament has been included to scripture as it was also inspired by God to uh, be written by this great man of God. Right. Then he tells us why we have scripture and scripture was given for doctrine to teach us to help us abandon what we've learned. If we've learned anything. And to give us a system of teaching, a system of belief that we can adopt for ourselves, right? Then the, gospel, uh, the, the, the scripture was also given for reproof to not just rebuke us, but also to give us evidence uh, as to why what is so is so. And then we have, it's also for correction. It helps you clear out preconceived notions. It helps you take away wrong ideas, wrong philosophies that we have adopted, whether um, through people, through exposure, 
through experiences. The word of God aims to correct those things, aims to remove them from our life. And if you know what correction looks like or feels like, you know it's not always a pleasant thing to behold. When you are corrected, it might be painful, it might be uncomfortable, it might go against all that you've always known, but it's for your good. That's what correction is. Right, And the word of God does that and I hope he does that for us this night as well. And then it's also for instruction in righteousness. The word of God instructs us on how to live in accordance to God's will. Praise the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Praise God. Alright, this evening we will be talking about something so important. It's titled Reason Your Comparison. <laughs> Reason your comparison, right? Uh, don't worry, we're going to go through what this is all about. Um, but I'm sure you can already tell where we're headed, right? The truth is, um, a lot of people would say, and just conclude, it's not good for you to compare. Don't compare yourself. Don't do this. Don't compare. Don't... Look at yourself and look at another person. Mind your business and drink water. <laughs> drink a cup of water and what? Mind your business. A lot of people say it so easily. But in honest truth, if you're going to be honest with me and if I'm going to be honest with you, the reality that we have today is that comparisons are inevitable. They are. They happen all the time. And we just don't, sometimes we just don't know it. But comparisons are inevitable. And I'm going to prove why that is true. I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples. Imagine, let me just, in a school setting, you did a test, right? Everybody was a test over 20. It was a very hard one, terrible uh, for you. But you are not just sure, like, did other guys read? Did other people read it as well? Was it hard for them? You don't know because you're writing a test. Nobody's meant to talk. By the time you do the test and, you know, um, maybe you, after that test was done, right, what, what, do we, what would you do? You submit and then you go and meet your friend like, guy, man, ha, that test was, why are you doing that? Why are you telling your guy? Because he wants to know if he can relate. Was the test also easy for your guy, also hard for your guy? Was it easy, right? You're trying to compare experiences, you felt your experience was ah, it was tough. You want to find out from the person was it actually tough or not. Later on, next the next class you have the scripts are ready. They, they share. You know how they share scripts now. They will fold it so that people don't see your score, and they hand it to you, and you take it and you look. Wow, ah, really? Is this my score? Eight over twenty. Ah, that's that's really bad. If you're here, you think that's really good. That's a very lovely one. Then uh, we need to talk after Bible study. <laughs> and he, you look at it and you're like, wow, this is, wow, this is really bad. Well, it was hard for me, so I, I expect. But then what do you do next? You go to your guy. Ah, oh, my guy, how far now, man? This thing, no, ah, man, this thing, just they do me, do me anyhow, man. Wow, let me see. Can I see? What, what did you get now? What did you get, guy? And then your guy tells you, ah, guy, I can't even say it. I got five. In that moment, what happens to you? You are a bit relieved. Now, imagine that you're now here, that you are the highest with your 8 over 20. You feel like a superstar. 
you feel like I have achieved. Wow, this is wow. So I was the highest. You start to feel good about yourself, even though before you were devastated. But in reality, you didn't do well. If you grade that all over, you know, based on 70 over 100, you're not going to get an A. So just because you were the highest doesn't mean you did up to standard or you performed up to standard. Do you understand? But what happens at the end of the day? We make comparisons sometimes to make ourselves feel good or to make ourselves feel okay with ourselves. Um, I mean, when you meet someone, for example, for the first time you meet someone, what happens when you see someone? There's already a comparison. The first one is, I'm a guy and she's a girl. Right? First comparison. You've already made a comparison. I'm a guy. She's a girl. Next thing. Oh, she's wearing a dress. She has these shoes. Look at the shoe I'm wearing. Oh, she's light complexioned. I'm this. And you make comparison. Let's say you, you're not just looking at one person. You're looking at her. You're looking at another girl. Um, there's a clique of girls and you're talking with them. You've already made comparisons about all of them on the spot. It applies the other way around. In fact, it's so funny that um, someone was telling me uh, she just saw one of my friends. Um, in just a, like nothing more than like f- few minutes or something. And she could tell me everything about this person, how the person looked. I'm like, you girls, so observant. And when you look at the girls, they're like, they do, they do and act like they, they were not even paying any attention. But they are looking with side eye. They, they are seeing everything. Um, so like immediately you just start to make those comparisons of this girl is this way. This one was taller. This one was shorter when I met them. This one was darker. This one was, you know, stuff that you can use to describe girls. Um, but then you see, that's already comparison happening. Many of you have siblings and there is something called sibling rivalry. You compare, in fact, you don't even have to do the comparisons yourself. Your parents will do a fantastic job at that. Tunde, why can't you be like your brother Ade? Why? No, 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 no. Tell me why. Does your brother have two heads? Right? African parents in the house, are you here? Please say no. <laughs> I hope you're not here. Uh, but you, you know, that's how it is. Or even take, they take it out of the house and to your school. Who was the person that got first in your class? Ebun Abi? Ebun got first. I, answer me. Does Ebun have two heads? No, tell me now. Tell me, does he have, is it not the same school fees? Is it not the same uniform? Is it not the same textbook? Is it not the same teacher? Why is Ebun the one, uh, at the front? You are second, second position. Who second help? Hmm? You know, comparison. We live in a culture of comparison. We ha- we didn't even need to learn it. We we were taught it right from when we were young. Our parents did it. Our teachers did it. Our friends did it. Everywhere around, there is comparison. Are you better than the next guy? And so, because we live in that kind of environment, we are not excluded from comparisons. We make them all the time. Our culture is so saturated with comparisons. But the real issue at hand is not, do you make comparisons? The issue is, what do you do with those comparisons? That's the real issue. If at the end of the day, we cannot escape from making comparison, uh, you know, because even when it comes to making judgments or decisions, you're comparing. This is good. This is right. This is wrong. That's a comparison. So at the end of the day, the question is, what do you do with 
the comparisons. Praise the name of Jesus. Alright, so um, I'm going to talk about that a bit. But before we go to uh, how comparisons can be a force for good and also a force for evil, I want to start off with a foundation. You see, the truth and the reality is every individual, everyone created by God is distinct. Everyone created by God is unique, perfectly, wonderfully made, beautifully made, but unique. Even twins, even twins. If you are a twin in the house, say hi in the chat section. Let's know you and confirm this for me. Are you any different from your twin brother or from your twin sister? Are you different? Are there noticeable changes or differences? It might be your character. It might be in a birthmark. It might be in your complexion. It might be in your height and your size. Is there a difference? Or do you guys say the same things, think the same way, achieve the same goals? Are you different? I'm sure your answer is going to be yes. It's going to be yes. Do you understand? So, at the end of the day, every individual is unique because that's what the word is. Individual. You are individual. You are unique. You are separate. You are an entity different from others. Praise the name of Jesus. So, when it comes to your process in life, when it comes to your journey in life, that your, that process is unique. It's different from everybody else's. And there's something that I like to call... The three P's of process. The three P's of process. Your process in life can be summarized, you know, in its uniqueness by three P's. And once you understand this, this will help you. I want you to pay attention here. It would help you when these comparisons happen to learn to appreciate your difference, your uniqueness. It's super, super important. Alright, so pay attention. What are these three P's of process? Number one, the first P is path. Path. P-A-T-H. Path. Your path is unique. These are all, this, this is a part of the process. Your path. It's unique. Your path indicates or talks about the direction that you're headed. The direction that you're headed. Right? Now, I'm going to talk about a lot of relatable things. I will still quote scriptures. We're going to check the Bible. It is a Bible study after all. But I'm going to teach you practical things that even some unbelievers understand. And it's working for them. It's working for them. You know, there's there's a way you can make, you can use comparison and use it as an advantage for you. It doesn't have to be bad. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, um... Number one is path, the direction you're going. For some of you, you look up to people or you look out for people that are doing similar things like you. If you can relate, please let me know. Say I. Like just relate. Some of you, you see someone doing, starting a hair business and you're like, I want to do that too. You see someone who draws and paints art. I am an artist too. Wow. And you look out for them. I'm a musician. I sing songs. Wow, I want to, I, I look up to this person, look out for these people that are doing music. And this person, just in one month of release, already has 40,000 streams. 
of 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 the music. Wow, you're 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 start you're you're an entrepreneur. You're starting up a business. You look out for other people that have started businesses in your field, maybe in tech, maybe a business in in commerce, in, you know, a business in in whatever it is in 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 software engineering. There are just a lot of things and a lot of path um, options, but you need to realize something. That even in the path you are going to go, even if it is similar to someone else's, it's not the same. It cannot be the same exact path that you're going for. It might have the same nomenclature. It might have software engineer, software engineer. It might have business analyst, business analyst. But it's not the same path. It might not be the same organization. It might not be the same job description. Do you understand? Your path is different. Your path is different. You want to be an entertainer. You want to be a talk show host. It's going to be different. It cannot be the same exact thing as someone else's. So you need to realize the uniqueness of your path. You need to understand it. It's not the same. It's not the same. Praise the name of Jesus. Number two, the second P I want to talk about as regards the uniqueness of your process is pace. Pace. P-A-C-E. Pace. This talks about how fast or how slow you get to that path or you get to your destination along your path, right? You're headed somewhere. This talks about how fast you get to the destination, how slowly, the rate at which you are running, you know, that race. So, um, you need to understand this about this, that, you know, no two people will get to the same place at the same time. They might get to the place um, similarly at a, a similar point in time, but not at the same time. But now imagine this, the fact that the end destination for you will not be the same as another person's so your pace will not will even be further from the same if you're running a race two people running a race are headed towards the same direction no matter how fast they run even if they try to maintain the same speed um so sometimes there'll always be a difference when they hit the end when you know they launch forward to tear the ribbon in the in the race you you always have one winner. You always have one person who gets there first. But you see, the reality now is that the, the destination at the end of the day, as we've established, is not even the same. So you can't expect to hit uh, um, your destinations at the same time because it's unique. Your pace is different. Some of you always have wondered, like, I mean, I have been doing this blogging thing. I've been a blogger for four years and I'm still having like, you know, average of 20 readers, you know, per post or 20 to 30 readers. Are people not reading my blogs? What's going on? I've not done everything. I've done search engine optimization, digital marketing strategies. I've done everything. Why is it not working for me? And, and, and this girl that just started this year, she's already packing 500 readers every, every article on every article. What, what, what is going on? Why is she? Why is she? And then like that, thoughts start to come in. Thoughts start to see if there's anything content creators in this place, 
creatives know is that it can get pretty discouraging at some point when you are putting out so much content and there's almost no results to show for it. You know, you can bear me witness, can't you? Whether you are a blogger, you are a musician, you are an artist, you are a podcaster, whatever you are and you create content, you know how hard it is, even your graphics designing, you know how hard it is to get that traction you desire, right? Because it just doesn't happen automatically for so, for so many people. Do you understand? Now, imagine this. Imagine you're an artist, right? And you've been putting out stuff on your YouTube, just covers of different songs. You sing, you sing. You do it every week, you know? Every week there's a new song consistently. And then you now hear that Justin Bieber, for example, one day he just put up one video on YouTube. He's been doing small videos, small video here, not even consistent. What, is it? what does he know about it? He's been going to school and all of that. He now puts one video and by chance, Osha saw the video, like, this guy, I need to sign him. This small boy, I want to sign him. He's still a teenager. And you've been doing this for years. You have, yeah, you have a couple of, maybe 5,000 views per video. But this guy, just his one video was recognized and he was signed. And boom, millions of followers, millions of listeners, just like that. You're like, why is my own not like that? Why can't I hit that, that goal just like that, like this guy did? You need to realize that your pace will be different. Someone might attain something in two years, whereas you take five years, and it could be the other way around. You might attain something in one year, and another person attains it in five years. Doesn't mean you are less inferior. Doesn't mean you are less skilled. Doesn't mean you are less talented. It's because your pace is different. You might have been applying the right things, but your pace will be different. And you need to recognize that. Because when you don't, you start to put yourself under some sort of pressure you should not. Pressure to perform. Pressure to outshine someone else. And you start to forget that you're not running the same race. Praise the name of Jesus. Then number three, the third P of of process, the uniqueness of a process... Is problems. Problems. You need to realize that we we are we have different problems that will come along the way. On this journey, there will be different obstacles. There will be different things we will face that will be different from what other people face. Because you come from different backgrounds. You have different skills with other people. Different experiences. Different interests. Different opportunities. Different perspectives in life. Different associations. And so... At the end of the day, you're going to come across different obstacles. If you come from an affluent family, rich, wealthy family, finances might not be a big issue for you. So it might not be a problem compared to someone who is coming from a humble background. Does that mean the person from a humble background will not get to where he's supposed to? No. You want to be an athlete. But the person you're looking at who is one of the best athletes who's who's, who's in both is a fast Jamaican fast on his feet, but guess what? He has two feet and you're disabled. You have just one feet, but you want to compete. Your problems will be different. And you're not going to run the same race whose boat is going to run. You have your own race, a category of a race. Do you understand? So once you start to understand, to, to realize and understand that everything about you, your path, your, 
your pains and your problems are peculiar to you, then you will start to understand how best to work with comparison. Praise the name of Jesus. Glory to God. So like I was saying, some, some kinds of comparisons are good. And some of you might not agree, but maybe this can convince you, right? Some kinds of comparison are actually good for you. They're actually good for you. Like I said, we're all, no one is immune to comparisons. We make it all the time. But there are some times that comparison can make sense. It can be good. It can be a force for good. And I'll give you three, just three short points uh, about this. When comparison makes sense. Number one, for motivation and inspiration. Number one, for motivation and inspiration. Sometimes there, there are some people, like I said, that do things similar to you. Not the exact same thing, but similar to what you do. It might not even be similar, but it might just be their work ethic. It might just be the way they carry themselves. It might just be the way they go about their things. And you look at that. It might even be a spiritual leader. Someone you admire, the way they pray, the way they interact, their humility. And you look like that and you say, this is what I want in my life. You start to covet. There's a good kind of covetousness where you desire good things in your life. You're like, I like this in this person. I like it in him. I like it in her. I want that for myself too. And you com- you've made a comparison by doing so. You've said, this person has it. I don't have it. That's comparison. So what do you do with that? You're like, I want to look like that. I want to look like that. I want to be better. Paul said something. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. He said it. So it's possible for you to follow someone who you can see clearly is following Christ. You can follow someone you see clearly is applying the right business principles and is succeeding. And you do that, you you start to ask questions, you interact with the person, you start to learn from them, and you get better. It drives you. It motivates you. Do you understand? That's motivation, it's inspiration for you. You look to them and you are inspired, you are motivated to do more. Praise the name of Jesus. Many of you, once you know, when you hear something like maybe, uh, one, one, one I'm very sure of, I remember in my set in... Uh, back in the university, when the bishop and chancellor of the school said, "Now, me, I, I don't have time for sleep. I, I, I sleep just three hours every day. I, I don't have too much time for sleep. And if I'm sleeping, you cannot disturb me. It's my sleep time. I will walk while it is day. But when I'm asleep, I will sleep. <laughs> you know. So he just mentioned that three hours. Ah, I know the the, the spiritual folks in that time were like, ah, me too." I will do three hours. What am I doing in my life? If Papa can be, could have kept up that lifestyle and he's his age now, he's even old and he's doing this. What about me, a young guy? I meant people were, ah, they started, <laughs> they started having insomnia. I will not sleep. I will not sleep. And they started looking at that for inspiration to go the extra mile, right? So whatever the case is, even though that should not be the case, I mean, they, they, they paid for it. <laughs> Your body will get to a point where to tell your guy, I beg. See that bed, oh yeah, lie down, lie down. <laughs> but whatever the case is, I mean, it comparison does something. It, it motivates you to do things you normally wouldn't want to do. Number two, for correction. Sometimes we make comparisons for correction, for correction. 
So, like I said, maybe you watch someone or you see someone doing something a certain way and you don't do it a certain way, you do it the other way. But you see the other person emphasize doing it that particular way and you see it working and you know, like it's a legit principle, it works, not that it's in, it's illegal stuff or anything. You see this is a legitimate, a legitimate thing, this is good, this is real, this is, looks sustainable. And you correct yourself, you're like, okay, I was wrong in doing it this way. Let me start doing it that way. Do you understand? You know, I mean, for example, people in, in Jesus' time, Peter, James, and John, after the Mount of Transfiguration, um, they had come down and they were about to do something very silly. Call down fire for these people that were just innocent. And Jesus rebuked them. And they saw in his lifestyle many times, you know, when he was with the adulterous woman, there, there were people born in the law. Um, so they knew that the response should be stone her to death. This you say a prostitute stone her to death. But they saw Jesus. They saw how he ate with the prostitutes. They saw how he treated the adulterous woman. And they were corrected. They looked, they compared Jesus' actions with what they would normally do. And they got correction from there. So comparison can make sense in the sense of correction. Number three, to make the right decisions. Or for making the right decisions. For making the right decisions. Like I explained earlier, judgments, right? When you make judgments, you are differentiating between good and bad. Making judgments and saying, ah, this is good, but this will be hurtful. This will be very helpful. This will be very damaging. You are making distinctions. You are making comparisons. Word and opposite. <laughs> That's comparison, right? And that helps you make good decisions. When you make comparisons to the point where you try to, you try to, to see if something is really a good thing or not. That sense of, that way of comparison helps. It's good. Do you understand? So that's what I wanted to say about how comparison can help. It can help motivate you when you compare yourself. It can help correct you and it can help you make right decisions. But you see today, the kind of comparisons we see prevalently are those that are becoming quite toxic. And a lot of the blame many times goes to social media. With all due respect, social media has to be one of the best things that has happened to us. But it's also been one of the worst things. Right? It's a double-edged sword. It, it has done a lot of good for us. I mean, especially in this pandemic period. We've had a lot of um, bridges in gaps in communication because of social media. In the past, if you're going to reach out to someone, how would you do it? You write a letter, go to the, send it in an envelope, go to the post office, get a stamp, send it up. Imagine the, the person you're sending it to is now overseas. It should take almost like a week, get to the person, person unwraps it, reads it, wow. Write the letter carefully to make sure that they don't leave out any detail. Go to the post office. Send it to you. Takes almost a week to get to you by sea. It arrives. You read it. Oh my God. LOL. Ah, it's true. I forgot to ask him one question. Write again. Send it back another week. But like that, by the time you have a full conversation, what happens? The month has passed. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? So, social media, in the instant of a second, I can tell you something. With communication now, mobile communication, I can call you and we're talking live, real time. So, 
social media has really helped us but at the end of the day it has its ugly sides too on social media what we see today especially on places where you can put up pictures or write posts or present yourself a certain way social media is 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 the kind of platform that tries to put your where you put out your best and you leave the rest that's that's what what it has become today you put out your best you leave the rest they don't need to know all of that you know put out your best for people let them see it Except maybe sometimes on Twitter where everybody's just, everybody's just from the village on Twitter. It's just a jungle. <laughs> it's just a jungle. Anyone can do anything or say anything and not be held accountable. It's very sad. But many of you who know this, you know that social media is a very, uh, valid playing ground for a lot of comparison to happen, right? It's easy to pretend to be something you're not on social media, right? But the truth is, you don't have to believe everything that you see. All right. You don't have to believe everything you see on social media. Do you understand? Um, or even off social media. But let me just emphasize this on social media. Um, there was, there was a friend of mine, right? Um, she put up a picture, right? And she rarely posts pictures. She rarely does any of that. But she posted this picture, very, very lovely pictures. I must say, I had to um, like it and, and comment on it. Very lovely pictures. And I was like, ah, you she really posted, but ah. the caption was like, um, ah, I've forgotten what the caption I won't even say it. <laughs> I won't say it. But it was just a caption that appreciated her beauty. Like, ah, I'm on your fine gone, you know, that kind of thing. Ah, my heart's gone. And you know what happens now after after you post that thing, all all her friends assembled. Ah, mama, step on my neck, fry us while you're dodo, cook us while you're ewaji. Ah, kuku kilos. <laughs> you know how it is now. You you know. <laughs> and everybody, bam bam, jam packed. And I I got to have a conversation with her after that time, and she was just talking about how ugly she felt i was like wait what talk about how ugly she felt how she felt underappreciated she felt she didn't look the way people wanted her to look you know um like in john legend's song she felt she didn't match up to it you know the song now oh your mm, and all oh, your mm, mm, you know she felt she didn't measure up to that she didn't have those and <laughs> And I was like, wait, I don't, so what was that post all about? And she was trying to just, you know, get herself to believe it somehow, like to just convince herself that she actually was beautiful. But she didn't believe it. Like, that's why she never made posts before. That was the reason. And so what you, what you see is like, ah, ah, this girl is fine. This girl must be popping. She must be so confident in herself. But you don't realize what's going on behind the scenes. You see a couple on Instagram posting their pictures, relaxing on the beach, and they're loving on each other, relationship goes, hashtag, bam, couple goes, bam, everything goes, bam, baby loading, bam, whatever the case is, but you don't know what's going on behind the scenes, you don't know that they are fighting, you don't know that the guy might be cheating, the girl might be cheating, you don't see those things behind the scenes, all you see is an arranged perfect picture put out in front, 
and you, you try to now look like that. You want to copy that. You want that for yourself, but you don't realize what happens behind the scenes. So social media is not the best place for you to go and make comparisons with yourself because many times you will get discouraged. Many times you will feel like you're not doing enough. Many times you feel God is not, is not on your side. You will feel like God favors some people more than he favors you. But you don't realize it. I, I saw one picture of an apple in front of a mirror where, where we can see the apple, it's bitten like there was a, an apple bite at that side. But on the other side where it's facing the mirror, it looks complete. And someone wrote, this is life on social media. Some people don't see the parts that have been bitten off. They only see that perfect picture. So don't be moved by that. Right? There's some compare, there's some kinds of comparisons you do online and even offline with people you know that can be very toxic to you. So I'm going to talk about when comparison goes wrong. Right? Let's talk about it. Then we'll talk about how to deal with it, right? Very practically and we call it a night. Number one, when comparison goes wrong. Number one, impersonation. 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 And what this simply is, is when you want to be someone or something else than you are. So you look to someone the way, and and this is something that happens a lot, especially with impressionable young girls or teenagers. When they see, for example, many of you can attest to the fact that you've loved some certain celebrities for as long as you know. Whether it is Rihanna or Cardi B or um, Nicki Minaj or at first for all of for many of you you grew up on Disney so it was Hannah Montana right by Cyrus that was it for you. you wanted to look like her talk like her dress like her sing like her be popular like she was then you got to a phase where you started to see oh, okay there's Rihanna ooh she wow and there was Beyonce ooh B Queen right and 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 you just started to that's a B Queen or Queen B I don't even know what it is probably one of the two probably the latter. But you just looked up to these people, my idol, my idol, I want to be like them, I want to look like them. And you just found that a lot of your, of your life was built around trying to be someone that you are not. Many of you start to lose originality because you're trying to identify yourself with someone else. You want to be like someone else. And it's wrong. God made you uniquely to be different. You can learn things from these people, but you don't have to be like them. You don't have to be them. Praise the name of Jesus. You don't have to be them. Because the person talks this way, you see, you try to talk the exact same way. No, don't lose your originality in a bid to make comparisons. Don't. So impersonation is a real thing. It's not just when you sit... An exam, an exam on behalf of someone else. That's not just what impersonation is. When you look to someone, idolize them so much, make comparisons to the extent that you want to be like them. It's wrong because you are saying, God, I don't like you. Or I don't like what you did in making me the way I am. I want to be someone else that you made. I want to be unique like this person. I want to be just like that person. No. It's going to, it's going to end up the wrong way. It's always going to end up and, and leave you disappointed. Number two, when comparison goes wrong, constant dissatisfaction. 
and and as I'm saying these things, I really hope some of you can identify or relate to what I'm saying. Number two, constant dissatisfaction. No matter what you do to be like someone or do like someone, you will always end up dissatisfied. There's something I'm not doing. There's something I'm not, you know, working out. I need to do this. I need to do that. You see someone else reaching certain accomplishments and you're just dissatisfied with yourself. You're always just disappointed. Ah, I'm not good enough. I'm not there yet. That's just how you'll be constantly. It's terrible that even if you achieved something, right? Let's say, for example, for example, um, I'm just, I don't know if, ah, let me not use that example. For example, okay, let me use it this way. There is, um, you have inter-house sports, right? You have inter-house sports. And you do as many sports as possible. You're very sporty. You're very athletic. So you do table tennis. You do long jump. You do high jump. Only you. You do um, 100 meter race. You do relay race. You even play basketball and you play soccer. You're just that good. But then you, in all those sports, in all those things, you got gold in one, you got silver, you got bronze. You're doing well for your house, so well. But there's someone else who's also bagging all the medals too for his house. Someone else. And you just look at yourself and you're like, ah, I'm not doing enough at all. I'm not, I've not even done anything. Because there's someone else that seems to be doing better. But that takes your, your, your eyes off your achievements. You start to put yourself and, and put a yardstick um, or a benchmark against someone else. You're trying to be like someone else. Ah, this guy has one medal more than me. I, I know, I know it's a competition, alright, but have you looked at, have you paused to look at what you had? Have you paused to look at, I've gotten these medals, I've made these achievements. But if you always compare yourself to the next guy, to the next gal, what you end up being is dissatisfied. And no matter what you have achieved or where you've reached, you will never be satisfied. And when you are always dissatisfied, guess what? You will not be thankful. You will not be grateful. You will lack gratitude to God because you are not satisfied. God, I want more. I'm not where I should be. I want more. So you are always dissatisfied. Constant dissatisfaction. It's a real thing. Number three, constant pressure. This leads to constant pressure you will always be on end always wanting to perform always wanting to please that's how you just keep living your life you always want to outdo you always have this pressure i'm not there yet and you just it it starts to affect your mental health you start to overthink over process too much pressure where there is no there's no pressure anyway no one is is disturbing you to be a certain way you've put that pressure on yourself self-inflicted pressure my mates you start saying things like my mates look at them they're already doing their masters me i've never started service my mates they've already started driving cars have a good job me i'm still battling with final year projects you start to think about these things and put yourself under pressure But that's not what God wants for you. No, 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 no. When he talks, he says, Come to me, all all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. That's what he wants. 
He doesn't want to burden you. He doesn't want you burdened with so much pressure. He wants you to rest. He wants you to rest. He wants you to see the bigger picture. He wants you to look away from people and look to Him. To realize that you're not living your life to please people or to look a certain way. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, what matters most is how God sees you. Did you do everything you did as unto the Lord and not not unto men? Many of us have that habit. We've built a habit of putting ourselves under pressure. Relax. You're not running the same race and you're not running it at the same pace. Relax. Yes, he might be driving his car. Yes, she might have a full-time job already. Yes, she might have blown to, 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 to be an actress in Hollywood, even though you've been aspiring. Yes, good. That's their life. Why are you putting yourself under pressure to be like someone else? Don't do that. Nah, no, don't do that. Because if the reason why a lot of people have made wrong decisions and, and have started going towards duplicitous, dubious means... It's because they were under pressure to perform, to be like someone they are not. So someone is earning so, 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 so money because they are not there yet in that period of their life. They must find a way to get there. And when all the options are laid on the table, they look for the ones that are negative. They start doing dubious means, fraudulent acts to get to that position because they put themselves, themselves under pressure, undue pressure. Praise the name of Jesus. This is different from where you know what is good and you are, you aspire to be there. But when you start to put yourself under pressure, like, I'm not there yet. I'm not this. I'm not that. You will break down. You will. Your mental health will become unstable. You will not know how to think. You're always overthinking. In fact, you can't sleep anymore. You're awake overthinking. Pressure to look like someone else, to be like someone else. Sometimes... It's not just business or academics, it's relationships. Your friend has a boyfriend and they are doing so well. They are doing things you wish you, you can do in your own relationship. Your friend is being taken care of the way you want to be taken care of in your relationship. And, and, and you're just like, why is my guy, why is he not bringing flowers? Why does my guy not write money letters to me or poems to me? Why does my guy not send me gifts? Why, 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 why? And you're putting yourself under constant pressure to, to, to achieve something that, that someone else has, you know, is in right now. You start to even try to impersonate. You want to have your relationship look there, there, like theirs. But every relationship too is unique because they are two unique individuals coming together, different from any other couple that will come together. So you need to realize that you're not running another person's race. You're not striving to look like someone else's replica. No. You are unique. So embrace it. Number four. Negative influences. Negative. This is this one is very, very common. Negative influences and triggers. Right? So the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33. You all know this. I believe you do. <laughs> I'm sure you do. It says, Be not deceived. Evil communication corrupts good manners. Evil communication corrupts what? Good manners. 
this this is this says everything in the context there were people who claimed that there was no resurrection from the dead jesus didn't resurrect um and and those are the sadducees the sadducees don't believe that and he said see if you guys are not careful you will start to to hang around the wrong associations and you start to believe it evil communication evil conduct will corrupt good manners and it's the same way many people who started to enter some certain vices who started to take up drinking or smoking or doing drugs or even getting tattoos when they never wanted to get tattoos i'm not saying tattoos are bad that's not what i'm saying with what i'm saying but i'm just saying sometimes people yield to influences because they look at the other person "Uh -uh, this person is a big boy Uh -uh, this person is a big girl wow look at how popular they are it's because they drink it's because they smoke Uh -uh, me too i can't I can like to be like, I want to be a big boy too. I, I want to be a big girl too. I, I want to, I want to die. I want to enjoy my life now. Uh-uh. We only have one life to live. Only one life to live, man. Let's live our lives, man. Yo, man. Bring the beer, man. Bring the second bottle, man. You know, and <laughs> just like that, you start to imbibe these negative influences because you're trying to be someone you're not. You've made the comparison and you start to fall um susceptible to negative influences and triggers praise the name of jesus it happens all the time it happens all the time you see your friend you say ah maybe the reason why their relationship is strong is because they you know in their relationship they're allowed to kiss you know they're allowed to do all these things and go the extra mile maybe if my relationship has that we can you know we can be closer and more intimate and when you do that, you just realize that you have skipped several steps of intimacy and just went all the way physical. And at the end of the day, things come crashing crashing down and you wonder why. At the end of the day, you need to be in a place where you're not benchmarking yourself, your relationships, your career, your academics. On someone else's. You are not benchmarking. They are not the standard. You create your standard. Create what you want. Create what you want. Desire what you want. Praise the name of It's important. I'm saying this now. Because if you live this kind of life. You'll find yourself doing things you shouldn't do. Because you want to look like someone else. Because you want to be like someone else. Praise the name of Jesus. So evil communication will corrupt good manners. Evil comparison, wrong way of comparing, will, will corrupt your good manners. Praise the name of Jesus. Number five. Number five. And I'm talking about when comparison goes wrong. Number five. It leads to envy and jealousy. It leads to envy and jealousy. It leads to envy and jealousy. James chapter 3 verse 16 says, James 3.16, not John 3.16. <laughs> James 3.16 says, um, For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, where there's striving, where there's jealousy, there will be disorder and every vile practice. Um, every evil work comes from that. All right, And that's what happens when you compare the wrong way. You start, if you start comparing yourself to other people, sometimes you're like, 
some thoughts will just start to come into your heart like why is he is he is he the only one no no we no we understand you no we understand you're the best graduate student but are you the only one uh uh-uh. uh we will not hear what now because you are best graduate student you are appearing on TV you are in news we will not hear what uh uh-uh. uh is it only you and slowly and slowly you start to look at yourself look at them look at yourself uh-uh. but me I don't have two heads I mean <laughs> he doesn't have two heads I don't have half a brain. I, why, why am I? And you start to not just it's not just about being like them. You are not happy for them. You see people doing well on social media. You see people doing well around you in your school, in your office, and you can't even celebrate them. But you start to get jealous. You start to think, ah, uh-uh, are they the only ones? Ah, uh-uh. are you the only one that has a girlfriend? Ah, uh-uh, relax now. Are you the only one that bought a new car? Relax, guy, relax. You know, little by little, you are letting envy settle. And the person will just approach you and talk to you. And you don't even know. You just react and talk. Come on, every time, it's only you. Are you, are you the center of, attic, of attraction everywhere? The center of attention? Is, only, is it only you? And the world doesn't revolve around you, guy. I beg, relax. Calm down. <laughs> you wouldn't know. Because you've been bottling up a lot because you've been comparing yourself the wrong way. There are a lot of people you have put in the way to compete against. You're trying to compete against people. They've gone further, but you're like, I can be better than this person. You try to compete, try to compete. But life is not always a competition. It doesn't have to be. And you compete and compete, whereas you should be learning from them. You should be humbly meeting such a person if you have access to them. How do you do this? See, I've been so humbled in my life and I've made a decision even beforehand. As a result of this, I will never be so proud that I will not meet someone to, to learn something from them that I didn't know how to do. No matter how young they are, no matter how um, new they are to the faith, whatever the case is, if the person has something I want, I will learn. Oh, I was so humbled one time when um, my pastor, one of my um, one of the greatest influences in my life, reached out to me and said, "You do something so excellently that I love and emulate. How do you do it?" I was blown away. I was blown away. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Like that takes humility. It takes humility. Many of us don't have humility. We don't. We see someone, ah, they're doing, I will not learn from them. I'll go on YouTube. I don't know. I'm going to learn myself. I'll read this book. I'll read that book. Learn. If they're doing well, celebrate them and learn. You celebrate their success and believe God for yours. That should be the way it should go. They're doing well. Believe God for yours. Praise the name of Jesus. When you compare, it goes this way. You start to get jealous, envious of people for no just reason. And the Bible says that when there is that atmosphere, every evil works, every evil work comes about. You start to, sometimes it might even be so bad. You've heard of cases now, people got jealous and they try to sabotage other people, sabotage their relationships, sabotage their jobs because they were jealous. It's a terrible thing. Don't be jealous. Make that decision. Don't be jealous of people. If there's a tendency for it, shove it off immediately. Shove it off. It's, an, it's a fruit and a work of the flesh. You celebrate people. So celebrate their
their achievements. Be happy for them. Like genuinely happy. Like be happy. Praise the name of Jesus. Please, I hope we are learning these things carefully. You know, when it comes to, to, to interacting with people, don't copy their results. I, I'm going to say this very carefully. Learn not to just copy the results. Yes, they're doing this, they're doing that. Copy the labors that led to those results. If at all you want to copy anything and learn, don't just look at, uh, uh, in the span of five years, he has a business empire. I want to have a business empire. Question is, what did he do to get there? That's more important. You see Hush Poppy too. He has a business empire. <laughs> but how did he get there? How? So the labors, the work that went behind the scenes are more important than what you see on the screen. Social media puts out the best, leaves out the rest. Puts forward the best. So social media can be stressful many times, to be honest with you. And when you just compare and compare, there's so much happening. It can affect your mental health if you're not careful. And a lot of people, you maybe at some point in your life, you've actually gone on a break from everything. You just wanted to be on your own. That's helpful. We're going to talk about that even further. But let's talk about this. I'm going to split this um, dealing with comparisons to... Um, I'll, I'll broaden it um, in the first part, how to deal with um, comparison broadly, right? And I'm talking about toxic comparison, right? How to deal with toxic comparison, I'm talking about it broadly. Then I will now specify um, some tips for social media comparison, right? So let's start with the first one. Number one, the first way to help you reason your comparison is, number one, know yourself. What did I say? Know yourself. Know yourself, number one. This is where you understand your uniqueness. This is the point where you identify the three P's of your process. You need to know yourself. What do you do? What's your path? How fast can you see you're going? What are the unique challenges and problems you are facing? Understand your uniqueness. Know your strengths. Know your weaknesses. Know your interests. Understand your background. Know your skill sets. It's important, know yourself very well. The more you know yourself, the more you know that you are super different, very unique from the next guy. So know yourself, know what you like. Many, I feel a lot of us don't spend time to think about this. We think we don't have time to think about ourselves. But it's important, take out time. What do I like? What are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? What are my past experiences? What are the current problems I face? Where am I headed? Know yourself. It would help you realize how unique you are. So even if you're comparing yourself, you know you're not trying to be like the next person because you are two different people. Two different people. So know yourself, number one. Number two. Love yourself. Now, this might sound like one of those self-help motivational books, but there is value in knowing and loving yourself. Number two, love yourself. 
if you need help, go and listen to Justin Bieber's song, 2015 album. You can go and love yourself. Of course, it's a different meaning in the song, I think. <laughs> but this is different, right? Love yourself. Learn to appreciate and love your uniqueness. So you've learned about your uniqueness. You've learned about your skills. You've learned about your personality. Learn to appreciate yourself. Learn to love yourself. Funny, funny enough, the Bible advocates this. Yes, the Bible does. <laughs> In Mark chapter 12, verse 31. Mark chapter 12, verse 31. You know, verse 30, I talked about the first law. Love the Lord with all your heart. It says in the next verse, 31, the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as what? As you love yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. To love God and to love your neighbor as what? What is the standard with which you love your neighbor? As you love yourself. It's similar to what we see in Philippians 2. That you should do things the way you want to do. You know, the golden rule. Do unto others as you want them to do unto you. So if you love yourself so much to do certain things for yourself, you should be willing to do the same for others. That's what it's saying. James chapter 2 verse 8 emphasizes that nevertheless you are doing the right thing if you obey the royal law, the golden rule, the royal law. And in keeping with the scripture, you must love your neighbor as yourself. Repeated that in James 2.8. So, it's important that you learn to love yourself. Sometimes, the reason why you don't love your neighbors is because you don't actually love yourself. The reason why you don't love the next guy or celebrate the next guy is because you don't celebrate yourself. The reason why you don't appreciate the next person or happy, you are, you're not happy for the next person because you're not happy for yourself. Look at it carefully. Many times when you've seen someone, you're like, ah, oh, no, no, no. Every time this person. It's because you're not satisfied with yourself. You're not happy. So it's important to love yourself. These are the steps to help you deal with toxic comparison. Know yourself. After understanding yourself, love yourself. Now, I'm not saying even though you have these kinds of weaknesses, you say, no, this is how I am. I love my weaknesses too. No, you're on your own. (laughs) You're on your own. That's why I said there's a kind of comparison that helps you correct yourself. There is work to be done. We are in work in process. There are places where you need to shed off. The word of God is there to help you even on that journey. You have mentors. You have leaders to help you in correction. Do you understand? So there are places where you identify that, oh, I'm not good in this. I'm not good in that. I have this weakness. They need to be worked on. But overall, when you see the good that is in your life, the progress you've made, love yourself. Praise the name of Jesus. So that's step two. Step three, control your environment. Now, this one is super important. Control your environment. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, very popular scripture, you know it. Proverbs 4, 23. It says, keep your heart or guard your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Protect your environment. Guard your environment. Pardon me, guard your heart. Control your environment. You can decide what you take in. You can decide what comes in. Do you understand? You have that place. You have the ability to do so. You have the ability to do so. 
control your environment, decide what you choose to do. You can choose to make those comparisons and you can choose to block it all out. Guard your heart with all diligence. Second Corinthians 10, 12 says something so beautiful. Second Corinthians 10, verse 12. Let's check it out. And so Paul was talking about some of the um, people coming up to call themselves apostles and leaders. You know, Paul, you, know, you need to understand that when Paul was writing these letters, right? And it's very important to know this. See, see, Paul, <laughs> Paul is an amazing guy. He wrote these letters because he got word. He wasn't with the Corinthians at the time. So he had word of some of the things happening. He, he got some people to watch the church snitches, you know, who probably got some stitches along the way for for doing that. He put them in charge to, to give him feedback. And he was hearing a couple of things that there's some people coming in who were eloquent, who were teaching them, calling themselves new apostles. They are more eloquent than Paul ever was, you know, things like that. And he was trying to, with his letters, remind them. In fact, he had every reason to compare himself. He had every reason to get depressed and say, "Uh, uh-uh. so after everything I've done, you mean, no, no, you mean, no, you mean ev- everything I-, I did for you. I gave you people my life, all the things I did. You mean, you mean someone can just come and just, ah, uh, don't worry, people you see, I will leave you. I'll go somewhere else where I'm, I'm more accepted. No, he wrote a letter to address it. But don't forget I was the one that helped you. I was the one that started. You're my children in the faith. Don't forget to. He reminded them he was secure. But he wanted to remind them. So he wrote this in Second Corinthians 10 verse 12. Not that we dare classify. Talking about him and the apostles that actually started the Corinthian church. Not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves. So that people... Um, like I mentioned, coming to conde- commend themselves that ah, we are good, we are eloquent, we are this, that we have spiritual understanding. So, but when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. I think the King James says they are, they are not wise. <laughs> they are not. When they compare themselves with one another and do all of that, they are trying to measure themselves by, by themselves. They are not wise. They don't have understanding. Do you understand? So Paul chose... To not do the same thing. He chose to not compare himself to them. He chose to not um, get entwined in that in that toxic cycle of comparison. He knew where his place was. He knew. I, I, I might not do what that grew you people in the faith. I, I know. I know myself. I love and appreciate myself. And I will control my environment in this way. That I won't let whatever game they are playing. Comparisons. You know, to get in the way. He had every reason to compare because people saw that Apollos was well learned, was eloquent. Paul, in his own way and his own right, had revelation knowledge. But Apollos was a guy that was known for his eloquence, a man of great speech, as the Bible describes him. But he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't insecure. He would always just remind them that at the end of the day, I'm the one that started this with you guys. Yes, you might have many teachers, but you have one father. You know, so you can choose to control your environment. You can choose to not compare yourself with other people. You can choose even when it's forced upon you. Your parents are saying it's are you, is your brother better? Does your brother have two heads? You can choose to control what you listen to. You can choose to block out those comparisons. You can. You have the ability to guard your heart, 
with all diligence. Even if they say it, think about it and say, my brother and I, we are different. We are different. We are different. I, I'm grateful to my parents that even as, as I was growing up, that wasn't the case. They never, maybe <laughs> in some areas, um, maybe a few things like, oh, um, growing up, I was more careful with the things I have. Uh, my brother, uh, my my brother wasn't as careful, so my dad would always just talk about it. <laughs> this, 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 this. So I was on the winning side of the comparison in that regard. But in other areas, no. Even if um, it was clear that someone was doing better in something, there was no comparison. They they saw us uniquely as we were and accepted that fact and helped us to be better by standards that we ourselves look up to. So if I don't do well in an exam, my mom is not saying, ah, but the person, this person got um, 98% and you're getting 96. You know, it's, no, why didn't you get 100? I'm just giving an example. <laughs> I'm just giving an example. This is not like that. But you know, what, there's a standard. It's the, the goal is 100, do you understand? Not 98 that that person scored. So you can choose to control what what you hear and how you compare. Number four way to handle toxic comparison, which is very, very vital, is contentment and celebration. Contentment and celebration. It's very important that you learn to be content with where you are. Stop running a rat race. Stop running a rat race. You're not running a race with people competing. Learn to be content. Now, this doesn't mean you would settle for mediocrity. It just means that no matter where you've reached, you've put in the hard work, you've put in all the diligence, and you've reached a certain point. Be content with where you are at that time. Be content. Rest. Be thankful. And celebrate the little successes you have made. Learn to appreciate yourself, even if nobody does. We talked last week about how David encouraged himself in the Lord, even when nobody did. Learn to celebrate your little successes along the way. Every landmark that you reach, every milestone that you hit, learn to appreciate yourself. Ah, you did well, Lou. Ah, ah. ah you did well, Lou. Big boy. You're talking to yourself. Ah, Badu, ah, ah, you did well, you celebrate yourself and believe for even better as you do. Do you understand? It's a good dynamic when you celebrate where you are, you are content, but you still know there's, there's more to be done and you keep going. Do you understand? It's very important. It helps you appreciate yourself. It helps keep you in check to realize that you're not running another person's race. Number five. Trust God's plans and promises for you. At the end of the day, it all boils down to your trust in God, right? You have to trust that God has a plan for you, a good plan. Things might not be working out at the time, but I promise you, God knows where he's taking you. He has his perfect will for you. So you have to trust him along the process. Something beautiful, a scripture that that comes to mind, Matthew chapter 6, I believe from verse 8. Matthew chapter 6 from verse 8. It says, be not ye um, therefore like unto them, like to those people who um, pray outwardly and hypocritically. For your father knows what things you have need of before you even ask. Your father knows what things you have need of before you even ask. So God is with you. You have to trust that he knows what's best for you. 
You have to trust that he knows what you need before you even ask. Do you understand? So, trust God. Trust his promises along the way. There will be times that you will see that nothing is working. You will feel that way. You will feel that way. In fact, there will be times where it will just be like God is so silent. But it's not because he is not leading you. It's because he needs you to trust him. Sometimes when he feels like God is silent, he needs you to trust him even in those moments. In those moments where you are not seeing anything. To remember that you walk by faith and not by sight. That's what God wants for you to trust him. Do you understand? He's patient. God is super patient with you. So you need to learn to be patient with yourself. Do you understand? Regardless of the mistakes, regardless of the setbacks, learn to be patient with yourself. God is patient with you. Praise the name of Jesus. God was patient with Jonah. Regardless of his mistakes, regardless of his rebellion and disobedience, God was patient with the guy till he found himself in Nineveh to preach this message of repentance. God was patient. God is patient with you, dear brother, dear sister. Praise the name of Jesus. Alright, so I'll just quickly talk about um, dealing with comparison on social media. And I have a formula for this. It's called the four hours. You know I love to do all these, uh, should I call them acronyms? No, not acronyms. But you know, like formulas, just help you remember. So there are four hours to consider when dealing with toxic comparison on social media. Four hours. Number one hour is rest. Rest. Tell your neighbor to your side, to your side, your left and your right. Rest. Rest. And what this means is it's okay to take a break when it gets too noisy for your heart and for your mental health. See, a social media break is needed at least once a year. In fact, once might be too small, but at least once a year. You need that for yourself. You might get to a point where, especially if you've not learned how to handle um, all the things going on. For me, I don't really experience so much of... I have learned very carefully to know how to control my environment. And me, I'm the kind of person that I'm super happy about everybody. Like, everybody does something good. I'm super happy. You have my support if I if I believe in the cause. Do you understand? So, for me, a lot of those things don't get to me. So, I, I, I just take breaks. Maybe I want to just have a time to pray. Maybe it's more about how much time I spend, not really about the content of what I see online. But social media breaks are important, especially if you know you are very prone to the influences that you, you hear or that you read or that you see. Rest. Take a break. Rest from all of that, right? Number two, recall your vision. The second hour, recall your vision, don't forget your goal. Don't get distracted. Don't start chasing after someone else's goals and dreams. Don't start copying their results. You want to look like them. You want to do this. You want to do that. Recall your vision. You know, remind yourself of your vision. What, what is your goal? What are you running to? What is the goal you have set for yourself? Are you, are you finding yourself chasing another person's goal? So recall your vision. Number three. Refuse opinions. Number three, refuse opinions. 
So what that means is don't just go around making critical decisions based on people's opinions. What you should go for rather is conviction. Conviction over opinions. Because if you don't have convictions, when you go out there, you'll get a lot of opinions from different people that will influence your decisions, influence your lifestyle. People out there will want to tell you what you should do with your life, how you should live your life. Do you understand? But as a believer, your convictions are from the place of prayer and the study of the word. Get convinced about your worth. Get convinced about your goals. So that when you get out there, people talk. I tell you, everyone has an opinion about everything. Both sound, wise opinions or stupid opinions. That's the truth. A lot of people are just talk online and say all sorts of things. And so if you can't guard your heart against those things, you start running your life according to a certain standard. Imagine someone just comes and says, um, and just talks on, on maybe on Twitter and says that if your husband or if your boyfriend doesn't send you money every week, is that one a boyfriend? Bam! An opinion has entered your head. Wow. Okay. This is how relationship goes. Someone says, if your girlfriend, um, for example, if your girlfriend does not allow you to make advances to her or, or with her or something like that or gets personal that way. Is that one a girlfriend? Bam, an opinion. If you know if your 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 dad um sends you on errands more than your brother, you can already tell that the younger brother is is his favorite. Bam, an opinion has come. And with all those things you start to form different ideas, different belief systems based on opinions because you've not built conviction. So refuse opinions. Refuse them. Mere opinions. Refuse them. Don't let them influence you negatively. And the last R is remain in your lane. Remain in your lane. So rest, number one. Recall your vision. Number three, refuse opinions. Number four, remain in your lane. Don't lose sight of your process of your race remain in your lane remain in your lane all right i want to read the scripture galatians chapter 6 from verse 3 to 5 galatians chapter 6 from verse 3 to 5 it says if anyone thinks they are something when they are not they deceive themselves each one should test their own actions then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else for each one should carry their own load remain in your lane don't he said don't think that you are something that you're not that this is clearly it's many of you have not even seen the scripture galatians 6 3 to 5 if anyone thinks there's something when they're not they're deceiving themselves they're trying to be someone or be something that you're not you're deceiving yourself each person should test their actions so at the end of the day, when you've tried all the things that you've, when you've examined, analyzed your actions and your heart, you can take pride in yourself, you know, without comparing yourself with someone else. Everyone should carry their own load. Do you understand? So this is just me advising everyone and just telling you, you will make comparisons in this life, but you decide what you do with those comparisons. Would they be a force for good? To actually help you get better. Or would you always use people as a yardstick for your performance? 
But you always try to outdo the next guy, try to be better. At the end of the day, to what end? Yes, imagine you finally get there. That's your goal. You finally got better than the person. At the end of the day, you've missed your goal. You've deviated from the plan. Do you understand? At the end of the day, everything that you do must be done as unto the Lord. You're not running a rat race. You're not trying to be better than the next guy. But you're going trying to be who God wants you to be. And God is assisting you every step of the way. He's patient with you. You might not be where you should be at the moment. Maybe because you made some mistakes in your life and there were some setbacks. No matter what happened or no matter what has happened or what is happening right now, God is patient with you to see you through on this race. So run this race at the pace he wants you to go within the space so that you can trace, you know, his grace in your life. Uh, okay, but you get the point. So run this race at God's pace. That's the conclusion. Run this race at God's pace. You are not trying to be better than the next guy. You're not trying to outdo the next guy. You're not trying to outdo the relationship of the next person. You're not trying to outdo the career of that person. Run your race at God's pace. I want you to pray right now and just ask, Lord, help me to guard my heart from all these influences, from the comparisons out there, from trying to be like this person, from trying to be like that person. Help me to focus on you. Help me to focus on the goals that I've set for myself. Help me not to compare. Lord, right now, by your grace, I, I, I take grace to stay and remain in my lane. I take grace to rest in your promises and in your plans for my life. Oh, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Help me, Lord, to stay focused on the goals and not look to men. Help me to stay focused on you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would help me. Come on, begin to pray. Begin to pray. You need that grace that even with my friends, help me to celebrate their successes. For some of us, your friends can't even tell you some good things in their lives because they know that your, your response will not be a nice one. They know that you always look with jealousy. They can't tell you anymore. Lord, help me to change my ways, to truly and sincerely celebrate my friends when they succeed, to celebrate even strangers when they do well, to celebrate them and believe you for my own testimony. Help me, Lord, to, to celebrate them and believe you for my own testimony. Lord, help me not to live a life of dissatisfaction. Help me to live content. Help me to live content. Help me to live, you know, celebrating my little successes, the little graces that you have shown to me in the name of Jesus. Lord, my life will not be one ruined by comparison, ruined by envy, ruined by jealousy, ruined by strife, ruined by bitterness and malice. Oh, no way, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I love people. I love myself. I appreciate myself. I understand my uniqueness. In this journey, I realize the uniqueness of this race I am running. My process is unique. Thank you, Lord. You have made me wonderfully and uniquely. So, Lord, thank you. I trust your promises. I trust in the trust you for the fulfillment of all that you desire for me. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. And precious Father, we thank you. Thank you for these ones who have reasoned these comparisons that they face. We are faced with all these comparisons around us. Lord, I pray 
that you help us to make the right decisions when they come. When we've made comparisons, help us to use them as a force for good, to better ourselves, to celebrate those who are doing well. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray that at the end of the day, we'll look like what you want us to look like. We will not run after what the the world is running after. We will run what your heart desires for us in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you all for being part of Bible study this evening. God bless you. If this is your first time tuning in, I want to appreciate I am super confident that this has been a blessing to you. Keep praying with it and let these words drive you to action to live in the fullness of the will of God for your life. Stick around for more. God bless you. I love you.